0: Verses eighty one through one hundred of In Memoriam, A. H. H. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. In Memoriam, A. H. H. By Alfred, Lord Tennyson. Verses eighty one. Through 100. 81 Could I have said while he was here, My love shall now no further range, There cannot come a mellower change, For now is love mature in ear. Love then had hope of richer store, What end is here to my complaint? This haunting whisper makes me faint. More years had made me love thee more. But death returns an answer sweet. My sudden frost was sudden gain, And gave all ripeness to the grain It might have drawn from after-heat. 82. I wage not any feud with death, For changes wrought on form and face. No lower life that earth's embrace may breed with him can fright my faith. Eternal process moving on, from state to state the spirit walks, and these are but the shattered stalks or ruined chrysalis of one. Nor blame I death, because he bare the use of virtue out of earth. I know transplanted human worth will bloom to profit otherwhere. For this alone on death I wreak the wrath that garners in my heart. He put our lives so far apart, we cannot hear each other speak. 83. Dip down upon the northern shore, O sweet new year delaying long. Thou dost expectant nature wrong, delaying long, delay no more. What stays thee from the clouded noons, Thy sweetness from its proper place? Can trouble live with April days, Or sadness in the summer moons? Bring orchids, bring the foxglove spire, The little speedwell's darling blue, Deep tulips dashed with fiery dew, Laburnum's dropping wells of fire. O thou new year, delaying long, Delayest the sorrow in my blood, That longs to burst a frozen bud And flood a fresher throat with song. 84. When I contemplate all alone The life that had been thine below, And fix my thoughts on all the glow To which thy crescent would have grown, I see thee sitting crowned with good. A central warmth diffusing bliss in glance and smile, and clasp and kiss, On all the branches of thy blood. Thy blood, my friend, and partly mine, For now the day was drawing on when thou shouldst link thy life with one of mine own house, And boys of thine had babbled, Uncle, on my knee. But that remorseless iron hour made cypress of her orange flower, Despair of hope, and earth of thee. I seem to meet their least desire, To clasp their cheeks, to call them mine. I see their unborn faces shine Beside the never-lighted fire. I see myself an honoured guest, Thy partner in the flowery walk Of letters, genial table-talk, Or deep dispute and graceful jest. While now thy prosperous labor fills the lips of men with honest praise, And sun by sun the happy days descend below the golden hills, With promise of a morn as fair, And all the train of bounteous hours Conduct by paths of growing powers to reverence and the silver hair. Till slowly worn her earthly robe, Her lavish mission richly wrought, leaving great legacies of thought, thy spirit should fail from off the globe. What time mine own might also flee, as linked with thine in love and fate, and hovering o'er the dolorous strait to the other shore involved in thee, arrive at last the blessed goal, and he that died in holy land would reach us out the shining hand, and take us as a single soul. What reed was that on which I lent? Ah, backward fancy! Wherefore wake the old bitterness again, And break the low beginnings of content? 85. This truth came born with beer and pall. I felt it when I sorrowed most. Tis better to have loved and lost Than never to have loved at all. O oh, true in word, and tried in deed, Demanding so to bring relief to this which is our common grief, What kind of life is that I lead? And whether trust in things above be dimmed of sorrow or sustained, And whether love for him have drained my capabilities of love, Your words have virtue such as draws a faithful answer from the breast, Through light reproaches half-expressed, And loyal unto kindly laws. My blood an even tenor kept, Till on mine ear this message falls, That in Vienna's fatal walls God's finger touched him, and he slept. The great intelligences fair That range above our mortal state, Encircle round the blessed gate, Received and gave him welcome there, And led him through the blissful climes, And showed him in the fountain fresh, All knowledge that the sons of flesh Shall gather in the cycled times. But I remained, whose hopes were dim, Whose life, whose thoughts were little worth To wander on a darkened earth, Where all things round me breathed of him. O friendship, equal poised control! O heart with kindliest motion warm, O sacred essence, other form, O solemn ghost, O crowned soul. Yet none could better know than I How much of act at human hands The sense of human will demands By which we dare to live or die. Whatever way my days decline, I felt, and feel, though left alone, His being working in mine own the footsteps of his life in mine. A life that all the muses decked with gifts of grace, that might express all comprehensive tenderness, all subtilizing intellect. And so my passion hath not swerved to works of weakness, but I find an image comforting the mind, and in my grief a strength reserved. Likewise the imaginative woe, that loved to handle spiritual strife, Diffused the shock through all my life, but in the present broke the blow. My pulses, therefore, beat again for other friends that once I met. Nor can it suit me to forget the mighty hopes that make us men. I woo your love. I count it crime to mourn for any overmuch. I, the divided half of such a friendship as had mastered time, which masters time indeed, and is eternal separate from fears, the all-assuming months and years can take no part away from this. But summer on the steaming floods, and spring that swells the narrow brooks, and autumn with the noise of rooks that gather in the waning woods, and every pulse of wind and wave recalls in change of light or gloom my old affection of the tomb, and my prime passion in the grave— my old affection of the tomb, A part of stillness, Yearns to speak. Arise, And get thee forth, And seek a friendship For the years to come. I watch thee from the quiet shore, Thy spirit up to mine can reach, But in dear words of human speech, We too communicate no more. And I, Can clouds of nature stain The starry clearness of the free? How is it, Canst thou feel for me some painless sympathy with pain? And lightly does the whisper fall, Tis hard for thee to fathom this. I triumph in conclusive bliss, And that serene result of all. So hold I commerce with the dead, Or so methinks the dead would say, Or so shall grief with symbols play, And pining life be fancy fed. Now looking to some settled end That these things pass And I shall prove a meeting somewhere Love with love I crave your pardon, O my friend If not so fresh with love as true I, clasping brother hands Aver I could not, if I would Transfer the whole I felt for him to you For which be they that hold apart The promise of the golden hours First love, first friendship equal powers that marry with the virgin heart. Still mine, that cannot but deplore, that beats within a lonely place, that yet remembers his embrace, but at his footstep leaps no more. My heart, though widowed, may not rest quite in the love of what is gone, but seeks to beat in time with one that warms another living breast. Ah, take the imperfect gift I bring, knowing the primrose yet is dear the primrose of the later year, as not unlike to that of spring. 86 Sweet after showers, ambrosial air, that rollest from the gorgeous gloom of evening over break and bloom and meadow, slowly breathing bare the round of space, and wrapped below through all the dewy-tasseled wood, And shadowing down the horned flood in ripples, Fan my brows and blow the fever from my cheek, And sigh the full new life that feeds thy breath throughout my frame, Till doubt and death, ill brethren, Let the fancy fly from belt to belt of crimson seas, On leagues of odour streaming far, To where in yonder orient star A hundred spirits whisper, Peace, Eighty-seven. I passed beside the reverend walls, in which of old I wore the gown. I roved at random through the town, and saw the tumult of the halls, and heard one more in college fanes the storm their high-built organs make, and thunder-music rolling shake the prophet blazoned on the panes, and caught one more the distant shout, the measured pulse of racing oars among the willows, paced the shores and many a bridge, and all about the same grey flats again, and felt the same, but not the same. And last, upon that long walk of limes, I passed to see the rooms in which he dwelt. Another name was on the door. I lingered. All within was noise of songs and clapping hands, and boys that crashed the glass and beat the floor. Where once we held debate, a band of youthful friends on mind and art and labor and the changing mart and all the framework of the land, when one would aim an arrow fair but send it slackly from the string, and one would pierce an outer ring, and one an inner here and there, and last the master bowman he would cleave the mark. A willing ear we lent him. Who but hung to hear the rapt oration flowing free from point to point, With power and grace, and music in the bounds of law, To those conclusions when we saw the God within him light his face, And seem to lift the form and glow in azure orbits heavenly wise, And over those ethereal eyes the bar of Michelangelo. 88. Wild bird, whose warble, liquid, sweet, Rings Eden through the budded quicks. O oh, tell me where the senses mix, O oh, tell me where the passions meet, whence radiate. Fierce extremes employ thy spirits in the darkening leaf, And in the midmost heart of grief Thy passion clasps a secret joy. And I, my heart would prelude woe. I cannot all command the strings. The glory of the sum of things will flash along the cords and go. 89. Which elms that counterchange the floor of this flat lawn with dusk and bright? And thou, with all thy breadth and height of foliage, towering sycamore? How often, hither wandering down, My Arthur found your shadows fair, And shook to all the liberal air The dust and din and steam of town. He brought an eye for all he saw, He mixed in all our simple sports, They pleased him, fresh from brawling courts And dusty purlieus of the law. O joy to him in this retreat, Enmantled in ambrosial dark, To drink the cooler air, And mark the landscape winking through the heat. O sound to rout the brood of cares, The sweep of scythe and morning dew, The gust that round the garden flew And tumbled half the mellowing pears. O bliss, when all in circle drawn about him, Heart and ear were fed to hear him, As he lay and read the Tuscan poets on the lawn. Or in the all-golden afternoon, A guest or happy sister sung, Or here she brought the harp And flung a ballad to the brightening moon. Nor less it pleased in livelier moods beyond the bounding hill to stray, And break the live-long summer day with banquet in the distant woods, Whereat we glanced from theme to theme, Discussed the books to love or hate, Or touched the changes of the state, Or threaded some Socratic dream. But if I praised the busy town, He loved to rail against it still. For ground in yonder social mill we rub each other's angles down, And merge, he said, in form and gloss the picturesque of man and man. We talked, the stream beneath us ran, the wine-flask lying couched in moss, or cooled within the glooming wave. And last, returning from afar before the crimson-circled star had fallen into her father's grave, and brushing ankle-deep in flowers, we heard behind the woodbine veil the milk that bubbled in the pail, and buzzings at the honeyed hours. 90 He tasted love with half his mind, nor ever drank the inviolate spring where nighest heaven, who first could fling this bitter seed among mankind. That could the dead, whose dying eyes were closed with wail, resume their life. They would but find in child and wife an iron welcome when they rise. "'Twas well, indeed, when warm with wine, to pledge them with a kindly tear, to talk them o'er, to wish them here, to count their memories half divine. But if they came who passed away, behold their brides in other hands. The hard air strides about their lands, and will not yield them for a day. Yea, though their sons were none of these— not less the yet-loved sire would make confusion worse than death, and shake the pillars of domestic peace. Ah, dear! but come thou back to me. Whatever change the years have wrought, I find not yet one lonely thought that cries against my wish for thee. 91. When rosy plumelets tuft the larch, and rarely pipes the mounted thrush, or underneath the barren bush flits by the sea-blue bird of march. Come, wear the form by which I know thy spirit in time among thy peers. The hope of unaccomplished years be large and lucid round thy brow. When summer's hourly mellowing change may breathe with many roses sweet, upon the thousand waves of wheat that ripple round the lonely grange. come not in watches of the night, but where the sunbeam broodeth warm, come, beauteous in thine after-form, and like a finer light in light. 92 If any vision should reveal thy likeness, I might count it vain as but the canker of the brain. Yea, though it spake and made appeal to chances where our lots were cast together in the days behind, I might but say, I hear a wind of memory murmuring the past. Yea, though it spake and bared to view a fact within the coming year, and though the months revolving near should prove the phantom warning true, they might not seem thy prophecies, but spiritual presentiments, and such refraction of events as often rises ere they rise. 93. I shall not see thee. Dare I say, no spirit ever break the band that stays him from the native land where first he walked when clasped in clay. No visual shade of some one lost, but he, the spirit himself, may come where all the nerve of sense is numb, spirit to spirit, ghost to ghost. O therefore from thy sightless range, with God's and unconjectured bliss! O, from the distance of the abyss of tenfold complicated change, Descend, and touch, and enter. Hear the wish too strong for words to name, That in this blindness of the frame my ghost may feel that thine is near. 94. How pure at heart and sound in head! With what divine affections bold should be the man whose thought would hold an hour's communion with the dead? In vain shalt thou, or any, call the spirits from their golden day, except like them thou too canst say, My spirit is at peace with all. They haunt the silence of the breast, imaginations calm and fair, the memory like a cloudless air, the conscience as a sea at rest. But when the heart is full of din, And doubt beside the portal waits, They can but listen at the gates, And hear the household jar within. Ninety five By night we lingered on the lawn, For underfoot the herb was dry, And genial warmth, and o'er the sky the silvery haze of summer drawn, And calm that let the tapers burn unwavering, not a cricket chirred, The brook alone far off was heard, and on the board the fluttering urn. And bats went round in fragrant skies, and wheeled or lit the filmy shapes that haunt the dusk, with ermine capes and woolly breasts and beaded eyes. While now we sang old songs that pealed from knoll to knoll, where, couched at ease, the white kine glimmered, and the trees laid their dark arms about the field. But when those others, one by one, withdrew themselves from me and night, and in the house light after light went out, and I was all alone, a hunger seized my heart. I read of that glad year which once had been, in those fallen leaves which kept their green, the noble letters of the dead. And strangely on the silence broke the silent speaking words, And strange was love's dumb cry defying change to test his worth. And strangely spoke the faith, the vigor, bold to dwell on doubts that drive the coward back, and keen through wordy snares to track suggestion to her inmost cell. So word by word, and line by line, the dead man touched me from the past. And all at once, it seemed, at last, the living soul was flashed on mine. And mine in this was wound, and whirled about imperial heights of thought, and came on that which is, and caught the deep pulsations of the world, Aeonian music measuring out, the steps of time, the shocks of chance, the blows of death. At length my trance was cancelled, stricken through with doubt vague words but ah how hard to frame in matter moulded forms of speech or even for intellect to reach through memory that which i became till now the doubtful dusk revealed the knolls once more where couched at ease the white kine glimmered and the trees laid their dark arms about the field and sucked from out the distant gloom a breeze began to tremble o'er the large leaves of the sycamore and fluctuate all the still perfume. And gathering freshlier overhead, rocked the full-foliaged elms, and swung the heavy-folded rose, and flung the lilies to and fro, and said, The dawn, the dawn, and died away. And east and west, without a breath, mixed their dim lights, like life and death, to broaden into boundless day. 96. You say, but with no touch of scorn, Sweet-hearted, you, whose light blue eyes Are tender over drowning flies, You tell me, doubt is devil-born. I know not. One indeed I knew in many a subtle question versed, Who touched a jarring lyre at first, But ever strove to make it true. Perplexed in faith, but pure in deeds, At last he beat his music out, there lives more faith in honest doubt, believe me, than in half the creeds. He fought his doubts, and gathered strength. He would not make his judgment blind. He faced the spectres of the mind, and laid them. Thus he came at length to find a stronger faith his own. And power was with him in the night, which makes the darkness and the light, and dwells not in the light alone. But in the darkness and the cloud— as over Sinai's peaks of old, while Israel made their gods of gold, although the trumpet blew so loud. 97 My love has talked with rocks and trees. He finds on misty mountain ground his own vast shadow glory crowned. He sees himself in all he sees. Two partners of a married life. I looked on these and thought of thee in vastness and in mystery, and of my spirit as of a wife. These, two, they dwelt with eye on eye, their hearts of old have beat in tune, their meetings made December, June, their every parting was to die. Their love has never passed away, the days she never can forget are earnest that he loves her yet, whate'er the faithless people say. Her life is lone, he sits apart— He loves her yet, she will not weep. Though wrapped in matters dark and deep, he seems to slight her simple heart. He thrids the labyrinth of the mind. He reads the secret of the star. He seems so near, and yet so far. He looks so cold, she thinks him kind. She keeps the gift of years before. A withered violet is her bliss. She knows not what his greatness is. For that, for all— She loves him more. For him she plays, to him she sings, of early faith and plighted vows. She knows but matters of the house, and he, he knows a thousand things. Her faith is fixed and cannot move. She darkly feels him great and wise. She dwells on him with faithful eyes. I cannot understand. I love. 98. You leave us. You will see the Rhine, and those fair hills I sailed below, when I was there with him, and go by summer belts of wheat and vine to where he breathed his latest breath, that city. All her splendor seems no livelier than the wisp that gleams on Lethe in the eyes of death. Let her great Danube rolling fair in her isles, unmarked of me. I have not seen. I will not see Vienna. Rather dream that there a treble darkness, evil haunts the birth, the bridal. Friend from friend is oftener parted, fathers bend above more graves. A thousand wants gnaw at the heels of man, and pray by each cold hearth, and sadness flings her shadow on the blaze of kings. And yet myself have heard him say— that not in any mother town, with statelier progress to and fro, the double tides of chariots flow by park and suburb under brown of lustier leaves, nor more content, he told me, lives in any crowd, when all is gay with lamps, and loud with sport and song, in booth and tent, imperial halls or open plain, and wheels the circled dance, and breaks the rocket molten into flakes of crimson or in emerald rain. Ninety-nine. Risest thou thus dim dawn again, so loud with voices of the birds, so thick with lowings of the herds, day when I lost the flower of men, who tremblest through thy darkling red on yon swollen brook that bubbles fast by meadows breathing of the past and woodlands holy to the dead. Who murmurest in the foliaged eaves a song that slights the coming care, And autumn laying here and there a fiery finger on the leaves? Who wakenest with thy balmy breath to myriads on the genial earth, Memories of bridal or of birth, and unto myriads more of death? Or wheresoever those may be betwixt the slumber of the poles, To-day they count as kindred souls, they know me not, but mourn with thee. 100. I climb the hill, from end to end of all the landscape underneath. I find no place that does not breathe some gracious memory of my friend. No gray old grange or lonely fold, or low morass and whispering reed, or simple stile from mead to mead, or sheep-walk up the windy wold. Nor hoary knoll of ash and haw that hears the latest linnet trill, nor quarry trenched along the hill and haunted by the wrangling daw, nor runlet tinkling from the rock, nor pastoral rivulet that swerves to left and right through meadowy curves that feed the mothers of the flock. But each has pleased a kindred eye, and each reflects a kindlier day, and leaving these to pass away, I think once more he seems to die. end of verses 81 through 100